From the American Academy of Dermatology, welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Ben Stoff, Editor-in-Chief. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. My name is Dr. Jackie Dosal, and I'm in private practice in Coral Gables, Florida. And we are here today for the July issue of the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology. This is our journal club for Dialogues in Dermatology. And the article we're going to be discussing today is the development and multicenter international validation of a diagnostic tool to differentiate between pemphigoid gestationis and polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. And I'm here with the lead author, Dr. Julia Lehman. Welcome, Dr. Lehman. And just as a brief introduction on her, she is a professor of dermatology and laboratory medicine and pathology at Mayo Clinic, where she also completed her dermatology residency and dermatopathology fellowship. She serves as research chair of the Department of Dermatology and laboratory director at the Mayo Clinic Immunodermatology Lab. And then she splits her time between seeing medical dermatology patients, reading dermatopathology slides, and cutaneous immunopathology cases. She also teaches residents and fellows, and she mentors through research activities. Her research include autoimmune blistering diseases, graft-versus-host disease, lichen planus, and other areas in inflammatory dermatology. So welcome, Dr. Lehman. We're so excited to talk with you. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's talk about why your group decided to study this. Well, one of my passions clinically is immunobulous diseases. And we realized that there was a group of patients where the, there was a bit of a practice gap in terms of ready diagnosis, and that's dermatoses of pregnancy. So pregnant women often will present to their obstetrician for care of their skin. And by far and away, the most common skin dermatosis during pregnancy would be PEP or polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. But a certain percentage of those patients will actually end up having a more complicated entity, pemphigoid gestationis. And it's by far and away more rare and sometimes can look identical to PEP in the early phases before the skin blisters. So the dermatology audience is well aware of pemphigoid gestationis, but the obstetrics practice doesn't always recognize it. And sometimes patients just don't have access to specialty care in dermatology. And as a result, then they don't necessarily have ready access to the diagnostic test, which would be the direct immunofluorescence in the skin. And so we decided to see if there was a way that we could predict which patients have pemphigoid gestationis on the basis of clinical features. And this isn't meant to replace the diagnostic gold standard of clinical pathologic correlation with a direct immunofluorescence or other immunologic test, but rather it's just to help triage some of those patients, particularly in resource poor areas where those tests aren't available. And I absolutely love that. And I applaud your group for trying to reach an underserved population and also trying to get it to non-dermatologists, which I know this will eventually be distributed to non-dermatologists that can really help them. So again, I want to applaud your group for that. So how did you go about this? What were your methods? So we decided to start out by reviewing the literature to, to develop a scoring system, basically looking at which features seem to differentiate PEP from pemphigoid gestationis, and then weight them accordingly, depending on the literature review. And so I would like to give a, a shout out to Dr. Fanny Sierre. She was our research fellow, and now she's a dermatology resident in the UK. We did a phenomenal job with the literature review and developing a scoring system. And we thought the scoring system was helpful, but we really wanted to test it in real life data. 
And so we pulled our own cases from our institution of PEP and pemphigoidostationis, and we performed a retrospective review of those patients and tested them against our scoring system. But the limitation to this was that we had a very limited number of cases of pemphigoidostationis due to its rarity. So then Dr. Sierre reached out to the EADV task force on skin diseases in pregnancy. And we were able to find some very gracious collaborators who submitted cases for us to then include in our study. And so we were able to study 19 pregnancies representing represented by 16 patients who had pemphigoid gestationis and 39 pregnancies and 39 patients who had polymorphic rupture of pregnancy. And so we use that to test our scoring system. Okay, I think that going through the scoring system would be really helpful. If you wouldn't mind just going through the different things and how you graded them, what sort of strength they had. And just to give the background so we know as we're interpreting these numbers. So if you had a higher score, you were more likely to have pemphigus gestationis and a lesser score, you're more likely to have polymorphic eruption of pregnancy, correct? So when we developed our clinical scoring system, we decided that more points would correlate with a higher likelihood of having a diagnosis of pemphigoid gestationis, where lower numbers of points would correlate with a diagnosis of polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. And I should mention that this scoring system is only designed to be used in pregnant women who have clinical features of an urticarial or dermatitic skin eruption during pregnancy where really the main differential diagnosis is PEP versus PG. So with the scoring system, we decided to assign extra points if the patient had a previous history of pemphigoid gestationis, as that is a very strong predictor in a subsequent pregnancy that a rash would be attributable to pemphigoid gestationis. We decided to subtract points if this was a patient's first pregnancy, as that would be more indicative of polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. Then we looked at the time of onset of the rash in relation to the pregnancy. So the earlier in pregnancy that the rash developed, the more points the patient would accrue in the scoring system. And then the next component of the scoring system looked at physical examination findings. So if the rash involves the umbilicus, then we assigned some extra points because that would be more indicative of pemphigoid gestationis. Whereas if the rash is predominantly in the striae, that would be more predictive of polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. So we subtracted points there. And then finally, if bullae are present, then the patient would get extra points there as that would be indicative of pemphigoid gestationis. And then the scoring system sort of held up when you compared it to the patients you examined. Is that right? That's right. So in the original version of the scoring system, we also included skip pregnancies which is where a patient would have the rash in one pregnancy, not have the rash in a subsequent pregnancy, and then have the rash again in the third pregnancy. But when we did our validation, we found that that didn't actually have any statistical significance, partially because it only applies to a very small subset uh, of patients. And then also multiple gestations also didn't have significance, again, for the same reason. But otherwise, when we tested the revised scoring system in our patients, we found that if we used a cutoff of three points, then we were able to differentiate the two groups fairly reliably. And when we looked at our receiver operating characteristic curve, we found an area under the curve of 0.93, which is really pretty good for developing a pretest probability of having pemphigoid gestationis. And the mean score of the group that you looked at for pemphigoid gestationis was 4.6. 
and for PEP was negative 0.3. Is that right? That's right. So the two groups really did seem to separate out well using the scoring system. And so we're optimistic that this may be a way to triage patients who have rashes in pregnancy. Yeah, and I loved how you mentioned it again. So an underserved population that doesn't have access to immunofluorescence um, and maybe as early on in their rash, this would be incredibly useful. And the other important thing that we haven't talked about is the clinical significance of getting the correct diagnosis. So why is it important that we figure out which one it is? That's an excellent question. So it's really important to recognize pemphigoid gestationis for a couple of reasons. Number one, patients, the mothers affected by pemphigoid gestationis may have an increased need for immunosuppression during their pregnancy or different immunosuppressive agents during their pregnancy, which may make it a higher risk pregnancy. The second complication is that there may be preterm labor, which is associated with pemphigoid gestationis, whereas it is not with polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. Thirdly, affected fetuses can sometimes be of low birth weight, so it'd be important to know of that risk factor. And finally, in a small percentage of cases, the autoantibodies actually cross the placental membrane, and then the fetus may have a transitory blistering eruption as well. So for those reasons, there is a very significant reason to make sure to identify pemphigoid gestationis and differentiate it from PEP. That's excellent. And the other thing I wanted to ask you was, did you pay any attention to how skin of color could affect your statistical predictive model? Yeah, thank you for that question. Because we're really trying to address a healthcare disparity with this study, we did pay careful attention to how the scoring system would play out in patients with skin of color. Due to our cohorts, we didn't have large representation of patients with skin of color. And so we decided to remove the clinical feature of erythema just because that's well known to be something that is interpreted differently in patients with different skin types. Um, so as to avoid a potential disparity with the use of this clinical scoring system. Right, as erythema can be harder to detect in skin of color or it can be interpreted differently, and especially with non-dermatologists. So I think that was probably wise. Exactly. Thank you. Any other takeaways or messages you want to give our listeners? So we're optimistic that this scoring system may have some clinical utility. It does need to be validated in larger studies, ideally prospective studies, and ideally studies that include a broad population and a diverse population. But I see the value of the scoring system as being something that would be a quick triage tool. So if you see a patient in practice who has a rash during pregnancy, it's a very, very quick way to assess the pretest probability for pemphigoid gestationis as opposed to polymorphic eruption of pregnancy. The gold standard for diagnosis still remains careful correlation of the clinical presentation with histopathologic findings on skin biopsy, and then ultimately demonstration of linear C3 deposition on a direct immunofluorescence study, or potentially a positive serologic test for pemphigoid, such as ELISA for BP180 or cutaneous indirect immunofluorescence. But where I think this is helpful is it can help triage the need for those tests in patients who are of limited resources or patients who are seen by non-dermatologists who maybe don't have as much familiarity with those tests or a way to order them. That's fantastic. Again, I want to thank you for coming and thank your group for doing this study and for really trying to make an effort to to serve uh, underserved populations. So thank you again. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Dialogues in Dermatology. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. 
For more dialogues, subscribe to us through the website of the American Academy of Dermatology, then link your subscription through your favorite podcast app. Remember, the subscription is free for residents. New podcasts are released each week in addition to free special bonus episodes. You can also listen to dialogues online through the AAD website. Thanks again for listening.